You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about experiential supervision. We read The Benefits of a Multisensory Experience in Therapy, published in Counseling Today 2023. Heather, the first point in the article said, find the right fit. Yes. Well, if we're talking about supervision, what are you thinking? I'm thinking all sorts of things from you want to have the kind of if you are looking for a supervisor, you don't want to pick a supervisor that's not necessarily practicing the way you're practicing. Sure. So um, if you trying to think of something just totally off the wall that you (laughs) could not be my supervisor. Right. If so, if someone was like wanting to like um, rub crystals on you and um do uh like a nude rain dance right. as part of supervision right. like, you yeah. would say maybe i'm still looking for a supervisor um very similar experience really happened when i was looking for my supervisor <laughs> i went in and it was very very um just new ag and all mm-hmm. sorts of different like wind chimes meant something if while you were talking the wind chime got triggered in the wind then that like meant something and there was lots of connection to that for Uh this individual supervisor but yeah i knew within like three minutes that this Mm, was not the right fit Uh, (laughs) i think well i mean sounds makes uh it paints two two very different pictures i think that i've mentioned this on the podcast before but it's been a long time that in grad school i knew i wanted to do play therapy but i actually hadn't had very much exposure to play therapy and um, my mentor in school recommended i uh, volunteer at a state conference because the benefit was then you could attend for free okay um so i think i helped people register something sat at the front desk Mm -hmm. and then i got to attend and um as a play therapist that I now know, and I really appreciate what she does, was the keynote speaker. And at the the conclusion of her presentation, we were standing in a circle, no shoes on, holding hands in the dark with a bubble machine going. <laughs> and um, somewhere over the rainbow, it was playing. Was playing. Right. And, um, and it held meaning for the whole the right. the presentation, right. so it wasn't just random. But um, afterwards, my mom knew that I was going to the mm-hmm. conference, and so she and that I was excited. So she called and said, "How was it?" And mm-hmm. I went, "It's totally weird. <laughs> I can't do this." It's so no, the opposite. Oh, the opposite. Yeah, right. I, was, I thought. It's, <laughs> I told her it's totally weird. No one else I know would get it. Everybody else would think this was such so nuts, but. It made perfect sense. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> These are my people. They right. get me. I like what they're doing. Right. I'm going to come back. Okay. Um, and so I think you're for each of us, that right. was our experience. So then that's true for Absolutely. people that we would supervise, right. that they're looking for an experience or like a fit mm-hmm. that's unique to them. Right. Um, now, when you do, when you're involved in trainings or things, mm-hmm. are there times where you think, nope, that's not me? Or, ooh, that's me. I'm into that. I, I usually go that way. Like, ooh, I like that. Like, that's mm-hmm. me. But I think it's because I've also honed a little bit more about, like, what I'll, 
what I have time, space, energy for. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, oh, if I'm gravitating towards that or I find that interesting, I'm much more likely to be like, oh, that's me yeah. or that's not me. Um, I know you and I talked about this at the beginning of the year that I had um, some money available to me for training. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and we were talking through what sounds fun, what sounds experiential, what sounds mm-hmm. like outside of the box a little bit, di- right. something different. Uh, it was harder than I thought to find something like that. Right. It was, uh, you, ca- you can't Google something funky and fun. Right. I, I don't know what you come up with, but it's not what I was right. looking for. It's not what so, you want. Um, but it, it was a little tricky. So finding the right fit is not as easy as it sounds. It takes right. a little bit of work. Right. Okay. Um, I did ultimately find, I don't know if I told you what I chose. I don't know. Have we talked um, about it? I don't think we did. I um, found some good play therapy trainings that fit some requirements, which okay. was useful. Yeah. Um, and one of them was really good. And uh, I haven't done all of them yet. And the other is a animal-assisted Yes. Experience. Very good. So I'm excited. I haven't started that one either. Um, That was one of the benefits too, is that I've already paid for them, but I haven't had, there's not a deadline. So, um, you know, when I have uh, the brain space, then I'll tackle them. Excellent. Um, How about if you're looking, if we looked for the right fit and our supervisees are looking for the right fit, how do you tip off new supervisees as to what kind of supervisor you are, what they might what kind of experience they might expect from you? I think that I either tell them about me, like just in general, oh, I do therapy in this way, or or this is what a typical supervision session could look like, but be prepared. It might look nothing like this, depending mm-hmm. on what we're, I try and structure activities in our supervision to help them take the next step, either in a direction that I know maybe they've been wanting to go or maybe something that they didn't even assume could be mm-hmm. therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about um, something a little earlier. We we're talking about shooting hoops. I had a client that I saw at my old building. We had a basketball hoop available to us. Well, that was pretty awesome because especially with some of my clients, it's a great distractor and I did it. I did it often. Right. Well, now I have a referral from that client's family who was like, oh, yeah, she's a therapist that shoots hoops. Well, my oh, new place doesn't, doesn't have that have available. My yeah. newer place, not new anymore. Yeah. But um, so it's funny that that's kind of like one of those, like what you have at one point, you make work around what you have available to you mm-hmm. versus, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that I necessarily would have gone looking for a basketball <laughs> to make it happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, meeting a new supervisee, I try and give them examples, like you said. Right. Um, And I think I try to incorporate enough experiences that when I do, it's not a surprise. It's not like the first time we've done something like that. Um, Okay. So, the next point in our article was multi-sensory experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think that you you provide a lot of multi-sensory experiences in supervision? I don't know that I do. I was thinking about that. I was like, do I really like get that involved where I'm like, okay, let's think about all of our senses. But then I started thinking about other things I've done in supervision. And I was like, maybe they're more sensory than I really even know. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? Hmm. I hadn't thought of that. You're thinking incorporating all of them at one time. That's a challenge. Well, that is- That's like a brain teaser. Right. But I, I um, mean, I think maybe I do incorporate some of them without even 
Okay. Well, what do you think is an example? Let's get more specific so people listening know what is a multi-sensory experience that might happen in Well, think about your senses. So something you can smell, taste, see, experience, mm-hmm. like do with your body. Mm-hmm. Um, you So plant, shooting hoops right, would, be, would be like a kinetic experience. Right. Um, and I can imagine doing that in supervision, that it's like back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you pass the ball, you shoot the hoop. Right. You, you give an something. example right. or say something and then back right. and forth. You could do that. Um, I have gone on walks for supervision before, mm-hmm. especially if I have a supervisee that I think is um, like too stuck in the office or too mm-hmm. like, hey, let's get out today. Let's go do supervisions. And I try and give them the heads up ahead of time so they're prepared. It's not fun to take walk in heels, but, yeah, you know, something like that just to get outside. And that supervision is more about like, let's breathe some different air than what's in our office. Let's mm-hmm. do something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also getting to like being away from the common sounds of the office, whether it's like, hey, we're leaving our cell phones behind. We're not taking them. Yes. Us. We're not, you know, we're not checking in halfway through supervision because something popped up in your phone. Uh-huh. You know, things like mm-hmm. kind of like almost almost taking away sensory inputs that can be more sure. distractions and then putting in some other inputs. Yeah. That can be- yeah. I think um, something that I would do that sounds like just a task that needs to be accomplished, but I think it also meets this multi-sensory need is I would have a supervisee come to, we'd meet in a, in the playroom Mm -hmm. and part of what we're doing while we're talking and we, it might be what we are actually talking about is that we would clean or organize the playroom Yep. that um, I'm thinking like the container I have for all the dress up clothes, Mm -hmm. um, Going through that and making sure things aren't broken, right? Uh, making things sure things still are like safe or work right, right. or what we want. Um, and while we're doing that, thinking through the how it's how it's used or how it could be used or the meaning it right. holds. Um, and I think that's really useful because it fe- then you feel it differently. Like if you're describing, if we're talking about a session where a kid used the play, mm-hmm. dress up play stuff, and you're describing what they did and how they used it. Right. And we're actually looking at what they touched and how they touched. Very it. different. And, and mm-hmm. not only that, but there is that connection that we're learning more and more about, but that we don't quite all the way understand about our brain yet and how different things elicit the memory. Like you actually might remember the session deeper mm-hmm. or better when you are touching that fireman hat or you mm-hmm. are holding something that they used mm-hmm. in session. Mm-hmm. So there is that kind of connection to your brain that may bring out more memory or mm-hmm. more ideas than what mm-hmm. you originally had um i think the same is true about other toys or parts of the playroom that maybe getting out i'm thinking i have this a marble maze game and in supervision using that or playing with that or, or role playing with that and appreciating for some kids that's hard right it's, it's a, a difficult very hard task right game um and so then in doing it and us actually doing it you can appreciate oh that is kind of frustrating right oh well now thinking about the session where i had a kid that became frustrated trying to play with this there's new context because right. i'm trying to do it and it's actually kind of hard or it doesn't it falls apart when i try to get it to do what mm-hmm. i want it to do you know as you're saying that i was remembering a session that i had um with my very one of my supervisees that was like very, very new to working with kids of any kind and not really play therapy, but more like using games 
mm-hmm. like playing Uno and like what you're saying, taking a turn and saying something when you've put down a card or the next person puts down a card um, and using um, checkers as one example or mm-hmm. a simple game like Candyland, but mixing it up for feelings Candyland. Mm-hmm. So I have had supervision before where I was like, we're going to play these games so that sure. you've practiced and you know how to use them in session to mm-hmm. get what you need mm-hmm. in the session. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm trying to think. So the uh, maybe check in with some of the other senses: mm-hmm. um, hearing, mm-hmm. taste, smell, mm-hmm. all those things. Um, I've used. I think I've used some of all of those in different supervision sessions. Um, an old tried and true eating disorder food experience mm-hmm. is using raisins. Yeah. Okay. So in. Uh, eating disorder treatment, you would have someone do this. And I think it's really practical to do it with anyone who's asking someone else to do it, or maybe someone they know is in treatment, but they're trying to understand what it's like to be in treatment. But the experience is you take a single raisin and you spend a long, it feels like a a long time. time. (laughs) So you first have a single raisin and you spend like minutes, long minutes, like five full long minutes looking and noticing the raisin okay so, so it's you, crevices it's mm-hmm. you could draw plumpness, a picture right. you could just look you could just be okay. looking at it you could and you're not touching it you're okay. just looking at it so okay. not, and then you move you use each sense and you do that so then the the last the the final step um you save taste mm-hmm. for the last step mm-hmm. so imagine this little raisin that you've spent now right. like 20 minutes right looking, <laughs> you've given a lot of time right. with this raisin um and then you put it in your mouth and you hold it in your mouth without chewing you just hold it in your mouth for mm-hmm. five full minutes that's a long time do you know what happens no what happens it becomes unwrinkly oh your saliva right keeps it back up right and you really really taste it mm-hmm so versus the, just kind of right like, right if you just like one chew and then one. swallow it so you're really really tasting it and you're really like and so all those parts and you smell it differently mm-hmm. because it's in your mouth five five minutes is a long 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 time mm-hmm. it's like part of me really wants to do this activity and the other yeah. part of me is like no i don't want to do it I, there's not <laughs> the part where i don't think it becomes like uncomfortable but you do get you really experience right. one little raisin mm-hmm. if you spend that much time on it um so i think there's value in doing something like that i think because the raisin is so it's well used right um i think i would do a different food oh yeah okay. or a different thing right um like broccoli mm-hmm. <laughs> broccoli is kind of weird mm-hmm. if you spent 25 minutes analyzing broccoli about it, smelling right. putting it in your mouth and just holding it there um i think you would notice a lot of things about broccoli um and i think i would pick broccoli because it's not something that all people easily just move through life right. and just don't pay attention to other people some people have a hard time with broccoli so you you would experience something in a new way and you would have greater understanding of how somebody else was mm-hmm. experiencing it um so that's multi-sensory right um, and I think it's practical for not just people with an eating disorder, right? That s- spending that much time noticing something, you're you're going to experience it in a lot of new ways. Yeah, I was just thinking while you were talking about all the different skill building that that brings in mm-hmm. to different brain types, right? Like different mm-hmm. things, or maybe people that need to slow down, mm-hmm. and like acknowledge things or take time to think mm-hmm. things through before being reactive. It could be. 
Mm-hmm. I could use that little raisin in lots of ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to a training yesterday about sand tray. Um, it was a um, an introductory training, but the, I, there was something about the way they were describing that you can, the value or using sand tray, even with no figures where you just put your hands in the sand. Okay. And that you feel that the sand is cold and that it's mm-hmm. heavy and then it, um, the way it feels on your hands and right. then, um, that you get a lot out of that. I can imagine, but if you had a supervisee who was really tense yeah. or not in touch with their feelings and you just put them in front of a sand tray and just said, while we're talking, right. I want you to just put your hands in that, run your hands through the sand. And, the, and I had never thought of it this way, but it has nice symbolism. That if that's what you're doing with the sand tray, at the end, you kind of like brush your hands off or yeah. clap them together right. and it feels like a finish. Right. I like so, that. Yeah, I like that too. Very good. Um, so the final point in our article was um, incorporating sensory elements throughout supervision. So you and I talked about this and thought about what how we understood it. And we understood that they were saying... You can have once in a while experiences, but how do you make uh, incorporating senses something that happens all the time, something that's um, pervasive throughout supervision? And I think part of it's being deliberate, right? Mm -hmm. Like knowing Mm -hmm. that like you're intentional about not only remembering to bring it up, but also in what your planning is like so that you can make sure that happens. And the example of the sand tray, even though you're not creating a sand tray, you're using the sand tray almost as a fidget, right? Like almost as like a processing tool. Well, that can be incorporated in so many ways without doing sand tray. I mean, you can incorporate that into making sure mm-hmm. like acknowledging simple things like, oh, you look tense. Like your body is yeah. like really tense. Do you want to take a walk or should you get comfy and take your shoes off? And, you know, those kind of like mm-hmm. just giving an opportunity for there to be. That's what I was thinking that maybe once you've introduced some of these multi-sensory experiences, communicating in lots of ways to your supervisee that it's always an option. Right. Like you need this today. Right. If there was one day that you did play basketball, then it's okay to play basketball again. Right. Or if there was a day where the sand tray was offered and you really felt like you got a lot out of it. Well, the sand tray is right here. Mm -hmm. We can use it again. Right. Um, What about even, and I think that you're saying this, but tell me if this is what you mean. Through the discussion and supervision, being intentional about using sensory words and asking sensory questions. Right. So, like, pointing out your tense. Right. Or saying things like, how did you hear that? Exactly. Or, well, when you, maybe the, the supervisee is trying to describe what their client was doing, and you say something like, how did you, where did you feel it? Yeah. Or... Um, where did you, where do you think they were feeling it? Like, Mm -hmm. where did you sense in their body that they were tense Mm -hmm. or reacting? Right. Like what, what cues did they give off that allowed you to even notice that? I mean, Mm -hmm. it might be like, oh, you're really tense. Oh, I am. I'm tense. Like they may not even be aware of Mm -hmm. it, but how they're holding their body or how they're sitting might be telling you something. Mm -hmm. Can you think of any other ways? Maybe, maybe even revisiting any forms Mm -hmm. or, um, 
assessments that you use in supervision right, that, incorporating yep, incorporating that into it um and even a little bit with like role playing and supervision and like well, mm-hmm. well what did her voice sound like why did you think that mom was mad at you she just seemed confused or you know like mm-hmm. really asking those questions because if that's the experience of your supervisee well then you need to be able to help them assess like is that your experience mm-hmm. or is that like yeah. real like like i like that example um you and i were listening to little sound clips yes. earlier today uh-huh. And we didn't explicitly talk about it, but I think the ones that we liked or chose <laughs> right. had something to do with that. Right. It really had to did. Do with, we liked know, the sound of that. or The way it felt. Right. Um, so the sound impacted our emotions, impacted mm-hmm. our how we reacted to it. Um, so you could incorporate that. You could ask those kinds of questions intentionally, bringing in the sensory discussion, and all, then also it lends itself to more sensory experiences. Right. Right. Well, Heather and I would love to hear about experiences that you incorporate into supervision and how uh, senses find their way into your supervision on a daily basis. And of course, we'd love to hear new episode ideas from you. Thanks.